At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. If, if you embrace what I'm going to say tonight, you, you can't help but receive from God. When you understand His mercies, not just the mercy of God, but the mercies of God, and you really understand what they are and what they're there for for you and I, you can't help receiving from God in every area when you understand the mercy of God. So tonight, I just want to jump into the first verse, or the, verse the two verses we read on Sunday from 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The mercy of God comforts. Judgment condemns, as we talked about on Sunday and the week before. Mercy comforts. Judgment condemns. Second Corinthians 4.1 in the Passion Translation says, Now... It's because of God's mercy that we've been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. When you understand the mercy of God, there's a no-quit attitude in you because you realize that it's a ministry. Mercy is a ministry. Because of the mercy of God, we've been given this ministry, this new covenant ministry, to help people get free. People everywhere are in bondage. Everywhere. Everybody sitting in here today has been or is or is going through something, has been in some form of bondage. And the mercy of God has every answer. The mercy of God has every answer. The definition that I've given you of mercy that I'm going to stay with, is many definitions, but the one I've been giving you, the word mercy in the Greek is elios, E-L-E-O-S. And, and one of the pieces and parts of it, of this definition, is to be pardoned. I shared with you the definition of the grace of God, and it's to be pardoned. But, but the mercy of God is, it's God pardoning us, and I said in the bottom part of that definition, it's God's attitude toward those in distress. 
that he has pardoned you from that life of distress and misery. He's liberated us and made us free from living a miserable life. And I want to read this verse in regards to judgment, and then I want to look at the mercy of God for the rest of what I'm going to share with you tonight. But in James 4 and verse 10, and I'm going to read this out of the, out of the God's Word translation. And verse 10 says, Humble yourselves, humble yourselves in the Lord's presence. Then he will give you a high position. Brothers and sisters, stop, stop slandering each other or accusing each other. Those who slander and judge, other believers slander and judge God's laws or God's word. If you judge God's teachings, you are no longer following them. Instead, you're judging them. There is only one who creates laws and judges on the basis of them. He is able to save or destroy you. So who are you to judge your neighbor? So the teachings that I want to talk, just mention here that we've talked about in the last few weeks concerning judging is the teachings of Christ are don't judge. <laughs> he didn't say you know, only judge in difficult situations. He said, don't judge. You're not the judge. And when, when you become the judge, then it goes from being a hearing <laughs> to being a trial, and then you become judge and jury. And he said, I'm the judge. Leave the judging to me. And don't judge, or you'll be judged. The stories in the first message or two that we read about Job. Satan went before God, and he judged Job. Job got mad and frustrated at what happened, and Job judged God. And as a result of judging God, then judgment came on Job in many ways. And towards the end of the book of Job, Job repented because he said he was a man that didn't have understanding of what was going on, and he judged God incorrectly. And he repented of those things, and his whole life changed. And the blessing of God came on him and overtook him when he got rid of the judging. He had friends that came to minister to him, but ended up judging his life. Well, maybe it was because of this, and maybe all these bad things happened because of this and because of that. In the climate that we live in today, there's judging everywhere. But people don't really call it judging, it's just their opinions. And your opinions will kill you. 
And I've, I, I have learned and continue to learn that the best thing with an attitude that I have about something that has arisen is keep my mouth shut until I talk to Him. Because quick responses to issues that happen or things that happen to you in life, quick responses cause you to go against the Word. And, and here he says, if you judge God's teachings, then you're no longer following them. Instead, you're judging them. And that's a dangerous place to be. It was dangerous for Job, and it's been dangerous for many people in the Bible, and it's been dangerous for many people on planet Earth. Because if you're quick to response and you start judging, then you're going against the teachings of God. That's why you need to know them. That's why you need to know, know what it says. When you start judging and you start verbalizing and, and declaring specific things against people or situations of people that were created in the image of God, then you're going against what God said will work. He said, judge not. Don't judge so that then you're not judged. We shared in the last couple of weeks the passage in the book of Revelation that Satan himself is labeled as the accuser of the brethren. And what his mission is, is to get you to be an accuser. Because what happened to him as a result of being the accuser of the brethren was not a good thing. And what he wants is for you to advance his kingdom instead of advancing the kingdom of God. And when your life is wrapped up in accusing other people and judging and condemning and passing sentence on other people, when that's not your job, you're going against the teachings of God and what you're doing is judging the teachings of God. It's what the scripture said right here. There is, one, there is only one who created, creates laws and judges on the basis of them, and that's God. He's the judge, he's good at it, and I'm not. Amen? And you're not, and we're not good at that. But, like I said when I started this message, these, the thing about God's Word is these are not suggestions. These are commands. Notice he didn't say, you know, if you get up on the right side of the bed tomorrow, you know, try not to judge. No, he just said, boldly to the point, don't judge. Amen? So, I'll say these two things, and then I want to I look at this whole thing from the perspective of the mercy of God and the mercies of God. I want you to see something here. I, I, I've never preached this word before. What I've been preaching, I've never preached this before. And I've been, I think if you talk to my wife, that she would say probably over the last six months that there's been a, like a new transformation in my life as a result of, 
of what God's been showing me. It's not everything in the Word that I'm looking at. I know it all. I've heard it all. I've applied it all. But it's like, it's like what he's showing me right now is a whole new puzzle. And so pieces that I know to the puzzle, it's like, well, we're going to pull that from here and we're going to add it to this new puzzle. You know? And the puzzle I'm looking at is like one of those two-year-old puzzles with those big old lunker pieces. You know, there's about ten pieces to it. And that's why I'm seeing this about mercy and judgment. And understanding it because it is a key to the release of things that so many people that I know have areas of their lives where they've never seen change. They've never seen, seen certain things in their lives manifested. And we can't be on the receiving end of God when we are the judge. It doesn't work. But you'll never not be the judge if you don't understand the mercies of God. You never will. You'll never be in that position because it, it, it's, it's automatic to have an opinion, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. Every time something happens, I don't care what it is, you have an opinion one way or the other. That's automatic. But until, you know, like I, like I told you Sunday, if this was a message about, okay, all y'all are judging too much, you need to quit it. You won't, you, 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 oh yeah, okay, I'll try not to this and that. It's not trying nothing. When God gives a command, it's a doer thing. It's a doer or, or, a, or a notter. <laughs> you do or you don't. Amen? With God. It's not a suggestion. Not something you think about. It's something you meditate on and learn to make it a part of your life if you're going to believe the Word of God and if you're going to go with the teachings of God instead of judging them. He said, judge not. Judging is prideful. Humility is merciful. Humility is merciful. That 10th verse of James 4, humble yourselves in the Lord's presence. Then He will exalt you. He will give you a high position. He will. Positions are not raised up with people who judge, and God's just trying to get us out of this judgment mentality and get us over into mercy mentality, but the only way to do it is, first and foremost, to understand the mercy of God. Everybody knows about the mercy of God. Everybody understands it to a certain point, but I kind of think that the mercy of God's been given kind of a weak rap. It's like, if you, if you need the mercy of God, well, you've just, because you've screwed up. Oh, well, I've done so bad, and I need the mercy of God. But the Bible says the mercy of God is new and fresh every day. And it says that our Father, our Heavenly Father, is the Father of all mercies. All mercies. 
So I want to look the rest of our time tonight at the covenant promises of God through our salvation, through us being born again. If you're born again tonight, then there are covenant promises that belong to you that should be yours now. Now. Right now. You should be walking in those right now. And if you're not, and you're not on the receiving end of them, it doesn't mean everything's perfect or whatever, but if you're not on the receiving end of those, I'm saying, allow your judgment little ticker on the inside to be judged because what God wants is for you to turn your judgments toward other people toward yourself. Judgment begins where? House of God. Where's the house of God? Starts in me. This is where judgment begins. And to do that, you have to understand everything that God has given you is through what we receive the day that we got born again. Because when you got born again, you were complete. One of the definitions that I have of salvation, there's two words. The word saved and the word salvation are, they come from the same root word, but they're two different words. One is soteria in the Greek, and the other word is sozo. To be saved is the word sozo. But it's to be delivered. And one translation, this is it, is to be delivered and rescued through mercy. Salvation is to be totally delivered in every way and rescued through the mercy of God. To be delivered and rescued through mercy. When I'm delivered, when I'm saved, when I'm truly born again, then I'm in a position through the mercy of God to receive the covenant promises that belong to me. Every covenant promise. Can you say amen? This verse in Titus 3 and the 5th verse, and it's in the New Living Translation. Titus 3, 5. He saved us. He sozoed us. He delivered us. He rescued us. Not because of the righteous things we have done. Not because of how perfect I do things. But because of His mercy. There's my definition actually right there in that verse. I'll read that again. He saved us. Everybody say, he saved me. And I'm telling you tonight, he didn't save you because of all the righteous things that you have done. But because of his mercy. For 4,000 years after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, 
God was mulling over the plan that he had actually already made before the foundation of the world. Jesus and the plan of redemption was already made before anybody ever messed up. You and I, in the world and the climate that we're living in right now, We've got to know this above everything else. Because I'm just personally seeing and watching at different times people being talked out of what they supposedly believed. The enemy's working overtime. You remember, nothing out there today in planet earth, nothing has to do with flesh and blood. It all has to do with principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, and you've got to believe that. Yes, we have to deal with flesh and blood. We have to deal with people that are, that are controlled by the God of the system, the way of thinking out there, but they're not the problem, and you've got to get that. And if you don't get that, you will find yourselves judging the teachings of God. Wow. I don't want to be caught there. In the last few months, I've actually, as a result of that passage that I read to you a minute ago, I've gone before God a number of times. Father, I ask you to forgive me for anything that I've done that goes against your word. Where I've judged your word by my actions and my mouth. Had an attitude about something in someone else when you told me not to have an attitude about them. Actually, you told me I think it's Luke 15, whatever, whatever chapter it is, Luke something. He said, I want you to pray always. With all kinds of prayer and all manners of prayer, I want you to pray without ceasing. And true prayer is connection with God, knowing what God wants you to do about every situation and about every person and about every issue that comes up. And I've, I've told God a number of different times, Father, forgive me where I've opened my mouth or I've had an opinion or I've allowed this to come out of my mouth in different situations. Forgive me. I don't want that attitude. I don't want to find myself in my actions judging what you told me to do like that's not really true, like that's not really what you said. I mean, if you ask people today, kind of nobody's judging, and you wonder, then, why did God even write that? If nobody's judging, why would God need to say, don't judge? Truth is, everybody's judging. And you too. I would have to say, there's probably no way this week that you haven't judged someone else. Okay? 
So whatever, we're in the same ship. We're all doing and moving in the same direction. But let's do something with it. Amen? Judge not. But he said in this Titus passage, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. This is what he's done for you and I. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment. Just take a moment and close your eyes and just just thank him for your born-again life and your life with the person of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to thank him right now. Man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what Jesus produced. Thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit that you've given us. Thank you for this new, fresh life. And all of it is through the mercy of God. We didn't deserve it. And I promise you, I'm telling you today, you'll never deserve it. But it's ours because of Him. So I can't walk around like I don't deserve it. But I can't walk around like I've got better ideas than Him. I've got to admit, when I've screwed up and I've messed up and I've made things or said things, and I've got to be man or woman enough to, 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 and, and grow up with an attitude that I've got to repent and not allow anything that I'm doing to contaminate what God is doing in and through me. Because God wants His mercy flowing through our lives. I mean, an, a literal constant flow of his mercy. If we didn't deserve it, nobody else deserves it. Right? And who am I to think that I'm judge and jury where another person's life is concerned? Because I'm not. I'm not. Tonight I want to give you just There are more than this, but I want to give you these six deliverances that mercy is attached to that came the day that you got born again. It all started the day that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, before the foundation of the world, made up their mind that redemption would be this way before redemption was even needed. But it manifested in your and my life the day we accepted Jesus and for what Jesus did. We accepted the plan that the Father had before the foundation of the world. And these are Six of the mercies through salvation that you and I have been delivered and rescued from. Number one, sin. 
We have been delivered from sin. Sin, in its core nature, is disobedience to God. Sin, in its nature, is not all the things that you think of or the effects of sin. When you see it, somebody's done something, they murdered somebody, they say, well, that's, they sinned. Well, they disobeyed God's Word. Somewhere along the way, they disobeyed God's Word and got a murdering spirit in their mind and soul because you can't murder a person, an individual created in the image of God cannot murder without the accuser of the brethren working on the inside of his soul. And when you live that way, you live a miserable life. And sin and condemnation rule over your soul. And God delivered you and rescued you from the effects of sin. Through the mercy of God, you have been pardoned from living a miserable life as a result of sin. But you have to embrace that, and in your development of your relationship with God, you've got to see that. In Romans, somewhere in Romans, I think the 14th chapter, Paul said, sin shall not have dominion over me. I say that over myself every day. Sin, disobedience to God, shall not have dominion over my life. Ever. Ever. You have to become sold on that and realize that's not because of the good things that you've done. That's because of His mercy. He chose to overlook the things that we've done wrong and give us the way to get right. We accepted Jesus, and now every day we have the ability and the power and the strength to overcome sin and disobedience to God in everything that we do. I love the word rescued. Because that's what he did for you and I. The second thing that he rescued us from, delivered us from, all of these are found in the definition. When you, if you go into your dictionary, your, your Bible dictionary in the, in the Greek, and, and if you have enough definitions of those two words, you will see all these words as a result of what you've been delivered from. Sin, the second thing is sickness. If I'm, if I'm saved and I'm delivered from sin and the effects of sin, then I'm delivered from sickness and disease. Because it's a package thing. It's not because of how well I try to get well. I told you several services ago, the one great thing about the mercy of God is that the mercy of God will help you get your life in line. When you're living a life of sin and disobedience to God, the mercy of God is still there. And if you'll 
if you'll move toward God and toward His Word and toward His promises, the mercy of God will protect you until you get your life in line so that through the mercy of God, you can receive your healing in your body. You can receive deliverance from disobedience in in different areas of your life. But it takes you and I believing that it's because of His mercy, not because of how well I do it. But the more I receive from His mercy, the better I get at doing it. I don't know about you, but I want to take care of my body. I want to. I don't want to do certain things to my body that would hurt my body because I want to live here long and I want to live strong. Can you say amen? But if you're not thinking that way and God wants you to think that way, then God will help you to get to a place where you need to know the part you need to do and the mercy of God will cover you. It's not, well, you know, I'm just going to be sick until. It doesn't have to be that way. Not when you're dealing with the mercy of God. Because, see, we're not, we're not de- dealing on an, e- on an even keel playing field. There's blessings and opportunities and things that come when we're, when we're resting and relying on God's mercy in our life. But one of the things through my salvation that the mercy of God has given me is health and healing. I am the healed in Christ. How about you? You and I tonight are the healed in Christ. And God wants you to get to that place where you walk in divine health all the days of your life. Third thing. I'm just giving you six of them tonight. The third thing that you've been rescued and delivered from is danger. Danger. The fourth thing is destruction. And when I was looking at those two words, danger and destruction, I thought, well, that's kind of the same thing, but it's not. Because what's attached to danger, being delivered from danger, anything dangerous happening to you and to your life, what's attached to that is fear. The fear of being hurt and harmed, bad things happening to you. And all through the Bible... The promises of God are overwhelming in what he says about you and I being set free and delivered from danger. The day I got born again, the day I got born again, through the mercy of God, he delivered me from danger. And the mercy of God, listen, Listen, if that wasn't true, then the enemy could go around and just take people out and do whatever he wanted to do. No, 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 no. He he didn't have the ability to do that. He's defeated. Everybody say that. He's defeated. What he's banking on, though, is you're going to listen to his lies, pay attention to it, be an accuser of the brethren, work really hard at at staying in that mode and trying to love God and trying. God didn't want you to try anything. He just wants you to be a doer. But he's working overtime to get you to think that your life is that way, and it's not that way. I was delivered of danger. Now, along the way, I had to learn what that meant. 
How many in here spend any time in Psalm 91? <laughs> well, there's your danger-free chapter. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> That's my danger-free chapter. Huh? Angels of God encamp around about me, and, I, and I've got all kinds of different words that are attached to that from about 101 different translations. Not that many, but a lot. But the angels of God encamp around about me and my family and this church body. Angels of God encamp around about us, protect us in all of our ways. They bear us up in their hands, lest anything happen. I don't care what it is that could come against me. I am protected by the angels of God. And when I start mouthing all kinds of things because of how bad something is, and I begin to make decisions based on danger and fear and all these kind of things, then I'm judging the Word of God. But until I get to that place, the mercy of God is there to protect me. Wow! It's a win-win. What happens is over time is that the enemy gets his foot in, gets, gets, gets his foot in the door because of you meditating and staying with all those judgment attitudes and those, all those, those accusing thought, thoughts and, and attitudes in life and, and, and meditating on, on the way he thinks about stuff, that over time, if we don't renew our minds from that, then he gets a foot in and a foot here and a foot there, and that's how ugly things and bad things happen. I'm convinced that every promise in the Word is yes and amen. But for it to work in your and my lives, we have to believe it. That's why you have to have a daily routine. It's, it's not an option. You have to have a daily routine every single day. And until you get to the place that it's real to you, the mercy of God covers you. Remember, the mercy of God is new and fresh every day. Remember what I told you it's like? Like that bread in the oven. You can smell it when you wake up. Not that I eat a whole lot of bread anymore, but, you know, at least it smells good. Big old hunker loaf with about two sticks of butter over the top of it. Ooh, it's just melting, coming out of the oven. Mm. There's no calories, no carbs. <laughs> Negative eight carbs <clears throat> on that loaf. And it's new, it's fresh every single day of our lives. Can you say amen to that? The destructive part, the destruction part that I've been delivered in is that, and this is just the way that I saw it, it could mean other things, but I saw it in the form of self-destruction. People can self-destruct. When you're off of realizing how great God is in His promises, or you've never come to that place where you really believe that, or you've struggled with that, what happens is, soulishly, we find ourselves self-destructing. We go backwards. We, we take two or three steps forward and about ten back. Trying, 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 instead of allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God, this life that Titus 3, 5 said that God had given us, 
let it doing the work through the power of the word that you put into your life. I'm telling you today, our part in this whole thing is the word of God coming in our ears, out of our mouth, until we get to a place that in our soul, that's what we believe. That stops the self-destruction that you've been liberated and set free of. You've been rescued from that life of self-destruction. The fifth thing is suffering. That's a big one. You and I have been delivered, we've been rescued from a life of suffering. Physically suffering, mentally suffering, socially suffering, financially suffering. I don't care what it is. In every way, you and I have been delivered from suffering because the miserable life that suffering produces, he pardoned you from living. Not because you've done so much and everything right, but because of his mercy. And the more that I embrace the mercy and realize it's because of Him and He loved me so much, how can you not turn around and love people with the same love? Judgment becomes a thing of the past. You will not stop judging in your life, in your own ability. You will not do it. I'm just telling you right now, don't even try. You're wasting your time trying. But the more you embrace what he's pardoned you of, what he's delivered you, what he's rescued you from. <laughs> Goodness. Amen? And the last thing that I have, I had, I had, a, I had a different one, but this, you, you, can't, you can't not have this in the top six. And that is, he has rescued you and I from poverty and lack. He has rescued you. If you're saved, then you're healed and you are prosperous in every way. He's delivered us. He's rescued us from a life of poverty and lack. And he's transferred us into a life of more than enough and abundance. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, when you're strapped financially in your life, when you're strapped in every way financially, it's a miserable place. Been there, done it, have the shirt and the shorts. Amen? It's miserable. It's miserable. But he pardoned me from that. And so... If there's some things out of line in your life, in the financial realm, His mercy, I don't care how long it takes, His mercy is there to cover you until you get things in line in your life. But you'll never get things in line in your life unless His teachings are leading you. Because you can get ideas from all kinds of people, and there's good people that teach the truths of God that will help you financially. I'm not saying that. You can get ideas from people about you need to do this, that, and the other, but it better line up with the Word.
And when it does, man, I'm liberated, I'm set free, and delivered. Can you say amen to that? The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. All hell can be breaking loose in your life in one of these areas or other areas. There's others that you can add to this. Another one that I was going to add to it was death and eternal damnation. That your salvation delivered you from. And there are a lot of people out there. Unless they accept him, that's their, that's their future. I don't know about you, but I don't care what somebody's done to me. The last thing I want anybody to do is live eternity in eternal damnation, in hell fire, in hell itself. Hell's a real place, but it wasn't created for people. It's created for the devil and demons. But if you don't choose him, he says, that's where you live. That's not where he wants. He said, I don't want anybody to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus is and what I'm talking about tonight. But it's our choice, and it's our choice in all of these. Am I going to embrace the mercy of God so that it will change my life, or am I going to stay with my way of thinking and my judgments and, and my verbal abuse of humanity in different ways, or am I going to make the changes on a day-to-day -day basis? And remember, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what, the mercy of God is covering Oh, my gosh. After that word, I better get it straight. That's not the way he's seeing it. He's just saying, you know, you know what I, I feel like the Father is saying to you? He's telling each one of you, listen to what Pastor Burt taught, and then come and listen to me. And I'm going to show you what this means for your life. And if you'll do it, it'll set you free. There's been about, because uh, I, I went back so I wasn't exaggerating. There's been about four messages that I've had in 33 years of pastoring this church that were just, as they came along, as God gave them to me, they were, they were life-altering. And this is one of those messages, series, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's a life-changing message of seeing yourself through the mercy of God that will deliver you of judgments and things that, that cause you to be judged instead of you to be free. Everybody say, I'm free. We were created to be free. I mean, and, and all you have to do is receive from Him through His Word. Anymore, I get to the place where some, something is said. I was, I was in, I was telling, I was up in northern New Mexico, the, the end of this last week, and preached. I preached this twice, up in northern New Mexico. And in between the two services during the middle of the day, I was had lunch with several people. We were sitting at the table, and we were talking about something. And then I had a response to what was said. And right as I got it out of my mouth, I stopped. <laughs> and it was a great teaching example. And I said, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm judging that situation. 
I'm judging that person in that situation that they were talking about. I wasn't going to say anything to them about what they were saying. But I said it. And nobody said a word. Everybody just kind of sat there. And then we started talking about how ingrained and what a habit this is in our lives. And we just, over time, through the mercy of God, he will deliver us of it if we want it. So I'm telling you, I'm challenging you. Every message I minister on this, go back and listen to it. Spend time on it. And let God reveal some things to you about this that I'm, I'm confident that will liberate your life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.